Hi there, welcome to episode 46 of the LDS study session with me, Matt Roberts. And I wanted to bring to an end uh, the study of the Come Follow Me sections this week, uh, found in July the 8th to July the 14th, Acts chapter 6 to 9, What Wilt Thou Have Me to Do? And I'm looking at the final section, uh, which is when I submit to the Lord's will, I can become an instrument in his hands. I'm so grateful uh, for kind of the, the Come Follow Me experience and the blessings that it's brought to my study so many things in each week you know there's been at least four or five lessons that i've learned that i've tried to apply to my life and that's every week and so i'm just so grateful for that here we read about saul's account and his conversion on the on the road to damascus and there's so much uh, in here now one of the things that i was looking at personally was just how was saul so willing to change obviously we know that at this point he was kind of someone who was going about and persecuting and uh, well, uh, causing damage to the saints' lives, really upsetting them to the point that they became fearful of him and would move away from places to be away from him so they could live their faith and belief. Um, so Saul is obviously travelling on this road and then he is uh, visited uh, by the Saviour. Now, the question is, well, why was he so willing to change? Obviously, he saw the Saviour, but of course, so did many other people, and they didn't you know, follow him as a, as a disciple, such a keen disciple as well, that, that Saul becomes as Paul. So why was Saul so susceptible and so ready to then change? Because it's literally in that conversation, he asks the, the sentence, what wilt thou have me to do? And now, I think there's a few things we can learn from this, especially in the words of of. Paul himself, well, Paul as he is when he gives these words himself. In Acts 22 and Acts 26, he, he, he talks about his conversion story, and there's a few interesting phrases or sentences, sentences he uses which suggests why he was, why he was ready to, to convert, uh, and rather being someone who has a physical or a, a, a spiritual manifestation like that, and then still doesn't change you know, completely, which happens many times in the scriptures. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 3, it says, uh, well, Paul is saying that he, that who he is, and he says this, that he was taught according to the perfect man manner of the Lord of the Fathers and was zealous toward God as you are all this day. Which suggests that obviously Saul was a Jew and he had a religious belief, and not, not did he only have that kind of routine belief uh, of the Jews, but he was he was zealous, he was dedicated uh, to to his to his god he was willing to listen to that to his god and be receiving direction from him and so of course when he has this manifestation and receives that testimony and we'll talk about why he received that in a moment uh, then of course he was was willing to listen and to his, have his heart changed now elder uh, Dietrich Fuchdorf uh, gave a talk and that is mentioned in the come follow me manual called um Waiting on the road to Damascus uh, in the April 2011 General Conference in the General Session uh, on the Sunday. And it was an excellent talk, and I suggest and I recommend you read that. Uh, but he kind of, I, I, when I read it, I picked out three things that he says about how Paul, or Saul at that time, was willing to, to, be, to be ready and receive that answer and change, but how we can apply this to our lives. And um, there's three things points from the scriptures that kind of make the same points as well. So I'll kind of share a, a bit from um, Elder Uckdorf's talk to begin with. 
Uh, he says this, quote, There are many others who, for different reasons, find themselves waiting on the road to Damascus. They delay becoming fully engaged as, as disciples. They hope to receive the priesthood, but hesitate to live worthy of that privilege. They desire to enter the temple, but delay the final act of faith to qualify. They remain waiting for the Christ to be given to them like a magnificent Karl Block painting to remove once and for all their doubts and fears. The truth is, those who diligently seek to learn of Christ eventually will come to know him. They will personally receive a divine portrait of the master, although it most often comes in the form of a, of a puzzle, one piece at a time. Each individual piece may not be easily recognisable by itself. It may not be clear how it each relates to the whole. Each piece helps us to see the big picture a little more clearly. Eventually, after enough pieces have been put together, we recognise the grand beauty of it all. Then looking back on our experience, we see that the Saviour had indeed come to be with us, not all at once, but quietly, gently, almost unnoticed. Close quote. Now, Elder Uchtdorf then goes through his talk and then gives three ways that we can miss our Damascus moment or miss the things which help us to become converted as Saul was at Damascus. And he makes it very clear that we shouldn't, as, as members of the church, expect grand visitations like Saul received or like the prophet Joseph Smith received or like other many prophets have received or even people that we know. I mean, when I share kind of my testimony as, where, where, as in where I first gained it, yes, I did have a moment, uh, not quite as profound or you know, dramatic as, as some that we read in the scriptures or that some that I've heard from others. But I did have a defining moment where I felt a specific prompting about a specific thing, and that has built my testimony up from there. Um, but there are many others who don't have those and then wonder, have they received the, a testimony? And of course, the answer is, in many cases, of course they have. But as Elder Uttdorf explained, it's usually over time, piece by piece, uh, that this testimony has been built. Now, he goes on further to say how it's some three very important principles. Uh, the first one is here, and, and this is his, his quote. I testify to you that our Father in heaven loves his children. He loves us. He loves you. When necessary, the Lord will carry, uh, carry you over obstacles as you seek his peace with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Often he speaks to us in ways that we can only hear with our heart. To better hear his voice, it would be wise to turn down the volume control of the worldly noise in our lives. If we ignore or block out the promptings of the Spirit for whatever reason, they would become less noticeable until we cannot hear them at all. Let us learn to hearken to the promptings of the Spirit and then be eager to heed them. Close quote. So the first reason he gives is that we have to be ready and tuned into that Spirit to be able to receive those promptings. Now, go, looking back at the experience of Saul, I think that the, the scripture that I shared before from Acts 22 verse 3 shows that Paul or Saul was willing or ready or tuned in to the Spirit to be able to receive that change of heart. If he wasn't, then he may well have been visited by a heavenly being or even the Saviour himself and still not received that complete change of heart. We, have, we read many times that it is the spiritual witness that is the most strongest way of receiving that testimony rather than physical um things we see with our eyes and so of course this was important and Paul um, con considering he was taught in the perfect manner of the Lord the fathers and he was zealous toward his God shows that he was ready to be tuned in uh, I'm going to go now to Acts 26 because Paul then teaches his um, conversion experience another time and two things he says uh, kind of links up really well with what uh, with what Elder Uchtdorf said so uh, Paul, in Acts 26, verse 9, says this, 
I verily uh, thought, thought with myself uh, that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, so obviously here he is. He's talking about how how before he was converted, that was his plan. He was going to go forward and do everything he could to go against this name that he'd heard of of Jesus. Now you can picture the context that Paul is obviously a Jew, um, living in and around Jerusalem at the time, and he hears this name of Jesus Christ. And of course, like many others, without receiving a personal a spiritual witness for himself, he obviously is very skeptical. Uh, and he doesn't feel that this is really the case. Now, Elder Updorf, in his talk, uh, says that we should be ready um, to, to receive the, those, those promptings or receive those witnesses for, uh, for ourselves. So, of course, I'm sure that he went about and he, he looked into uh, this, this Jesus of Nazareth uh, and the name that was being talked about, and he went about finding out what he needed to do. And we don't know this, but maybe he was... Praying at the time, you know, for, for guidance from, from his God uh, at that moment. Well, Elder Rutdorf says uh, this in his talk. He says, quote, Another reason we sometimes do not recognize the voice of the Lord in our lives is because the revelations of the spirits may not come directly to us as the answer to our prayers. Our, heavenly, our Father in heaven expects us to study it out first, then pray for guidance as we seek answers to questions and concerns in our personal lives. We have our Heavenly Father's assurance that he will hear and answer our prayers. The answer may come through the voice and wisdom of trusted friends and family, the scriptures and the words of the prophets, close quote. Uh, it is important to remember that when we are seeking for answers or looking for the truth, that the answers may not necessarily come as we expect. Now, this certainly was, I'm sure, the case of Paul. He did not expect to be visited by the Saviour as an answer to doing the things that he was trying to do contrary to the Saviour. Um, but that is what happened, and then... Obviously, he went through that experience. For us, we need to recognise that the answers may not come as we expect. We may want to have a burning in our bosom or a, a, a quiet whispering of the Spirit in our hearts. However, it may well be that actually it will be someone else coming along in our lives and, and doing something which is the answer to our prayers. My, my wife and I were greatly blessed uh, in a moment where we were preparing for the birth of our second child. And uh, it was literally a few days or a also before um, you know we were due to have this baby and we were at the in the hospital car park around half past nine at night after after an appointment on a Sunday night um, and then we get to the car and the clutch on the car had completely broken and uh, this was really bad timing for us obviously uh, and so we really didn't know what to do we called the um, the breakdown service and we were waiting and we we just prayed we prayed so that we would know what we would have to do and what we should do about the car where we should get it fixed because it was a pretty old car and we didn't know whether it was worth fixing the car or getting a new one and all of this crazy kind of decisions we would have to make a few days before the birth of our second child. And then about 15 minutes later, we get a call from Chris's parents who are who then offer to sell their car to us because they had just decided that they were going to go to having one car between themselves. Uh, and so they were wondering if we would like to purchase theirs you know over time with a very small you know payment each month that we could easily afford uh, and that was obviously a direct answer we knew to our prayers they didn't know it at that time they didn't know our car had broken down but that answer came and that was you know just one of the many examples in my my life personally which have demonstrated that the that the lord does answer our prayers in ways we don't expect the final thing uh, which is important to remember when receiving this testimony on the road to damascus uh, for ourselves and for Paul, is this. 
In Acts chapter 26, verse 16, this was interesting. Um, this is Paul talking about what the Saviour said to him. And he said, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness of both these things. And it goes on. Now, here, the Saviour is saying to Paul that he is basically a, so that he can go forward and share what he has learnt, share this testimony that he's receiving. And Elder Ruckdorf says this same thing in his talk, quote, There are times when the Lord reveals to us things that are intended only for us. Nevertheless, in many, many cases, he entrusts a testimony of the truth to those who will share it with others. This has been the case with every prophet since the days of Adam. Even more, the Lord expects the members of his church to open their mouths at all times, declaring his gospel with the sound of rejoicing, close quote. So another way or another reason why we should uh, be looking to receive this, this direction or this revelation or testimony is to then share it. If we're not going to be prepared or willing to share it, we are not likely to receive it because this, this blessing of a testimony is a gift of the Spirit. And we know that the gifts of the Spirit are given to strengthen and edify and uplift uh, those around us. So those are some principles that we learn from the experience of Paul as we look deeper into his teachings about it. I'm grateful uh, for you for you that you've taken to listen to this podcast. I hope you've taken something from it or learned something to apply into your life. Please share anything you've been studying at MattSRoberts90. I'd love to hear what you've been studying so I can learn from your sharing. Uh, and until we meet again. <laughs>